Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Friends Podcast, man. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. joining us. If it's your first time, thank you so much for coming through, man. We appreciate all the listeners, new and old. Um, my name is Matt, and I'm here with my co-host. My name is Rod, and this is the Friends Podcast. Make sure you check us out everywhere we're streaming. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and our YouTube. Also, check out our socials at the Friends Pod on Instagram. Yes, sir. We in the building today, man. So uh, let's get into it how we always do, which is kind of talking about, you know, what we what we've been going. What's been going on this past week? So what's going on with you? Yeah, uh, this past week, I feel like it's kind of the usual just work uh, right after the New Year's, the holidays. Um, I feel like I'm doing I've been doing trying to get like stuff cleaned up, do a little cleaning for the new year. Mm hmm. Um, trying to get everything fresh and just get re-motivated get back in the gym um so that's the plan for the start of this uh year right here what you got going on uh not too much just kind of kicking it chilling um work of course and then i went out on friday and i was out of commission all day saturday like that shit was crazy like especially when you don't be feeling like you that drunk like just going out to the bar you know what i mean like bar hopping went downtown you know came back to ferndale but um you know when you don't be feeling as drunk and then you get home and it'd be like, oh shit. And you wake up the next morning and be like, damn, I was really fucked up. But but yeah, man, had a good weekend and shit, you know, kicking it with the homies. I normally feel it at night. Like that night. That's how I know if I'm gonna be fucked up tomorrow. Like if I'm yeah. like spinning when I get in my bed, I'm like, man, it's it's a wrap. Yeah, that or just like that heartburn, like that shit, like having to throw up and shit, like or feeling like you got to throw up at night. Like that's when you know it's like, OK, well, mm-hmm. I might have did too much, but I fucked up because I had some uh, some whiskey. Like it was like 3 a.m. Just drink a whiskey with the homie, like for no reason. What kind of whiskey? Like Jackson? I don't know. That shit was good, though. That shit was good. or something? Uh, no, nah, it was some or different type shit. Oh, some good shit. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that shit was, but that shit was good, though. I was fucking with it. Yeah, I fuck with whiskey. Whiskey and tequila is my uh, go-tos. Yeah, but that should send me over the edge. But it, it's all good though. We here to get y'all that good, uh, that good podcast today. But um, yeah, man. So let's go ahead and get into this first topic. Uh, what you want to talk about first? Let's go on the first one on the list here. So the first one we got here. I saw this uh, article floating around, and it was um, this board panda article. And the title of it is Boss Cuts Email Access for All Employees so he doesn't have to pay overtime and then regress it when the IT worker does exactly that. Mm-hmm. So in some of the past episodes, we talked about workers not being given proper compensation or they feel like they're just not being given proper respect uh, in the workplace. And sometimes... When an opportunity like this, which I'm going to discuss right now, um, you you do exactly what your boss says. And knowing that it may mess up how businesses operation go, but you're not really getting paid to really worry about it. So it's kind of like it is what it is. All right. So, yeah, reading this article, there was a 30 year old woman. Uh, she works in the IT department of this company. And basically, your responsibilities is everything related to. She says she does everything in the IT department, so she works in, works in um, all different areas and things of that nature. Uh, so she has a forty-hour work week, but a lot of times she ends up working 
overtime and she doesn't get paid for it or over the weekend. So she ended up working like 50 to 60 hours and, and she has to be available 24 seven. So she works in one of them companies where um, everyone has to get dressed up, wear shoes, look really nice. It's, it's a banking company. And uh, when you work in IT, sometimes you have to get on the ground, get, get your hands dirty, get your feet dirty, things of that nature. And wearing a suit and things of that nature is just not helpful. So she would say, oh, I would wear like sweats and stuff when I have to get in the machines and kind of like fix stuff physically. And sometimes the managers would get upset at her and say, you need to be in a suit. So like she would have to switch into the suit and like she would mess up her suits trying to fix the equipment. So she would ask for like work clothes and they didn't want to give it to her, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, she talks about this situation in particular where her boss came to her and he said, hey, we want to uh, cut off all access for employees from 6 p.m. Um, to the end of the day and make sure we cut off all access on the weekends. So in her mind, she knew that things weren't going to turn out right because she works in IT. She know it takes it's like a 24 seven kind of job. You always got to be aware of things going on and mistakes outside of hours that she would normally do. But since her bosses and everything wasn't treating her how she felt like she getting the respect from getting the clothes, uh, work, proper work clothes, um, proper compensation uh, for all the extra hours she's been working and just not being recognized for it. She went ahead and said, oh, okay, right away and send them an email. So the weekend came and things were, of course, messing up. And she gets a call from her, her boss and the boss is pretty much very upset saying, hey, I don't have access, blah, blah, blah. And she replies to him, hey, um, I'm doing exactly what your email said. You said nobody has access, blah, blah, blah. And the boss says, of course, I didn't mean me. Like that's for everyone else except for me. And then she's kind of like the email specifically says, hey, everyone, no exceptions. In, in your email. So it, they go back and forth a little bit and uh, he hangs up and, and things of that nature, pretty upset. And she was at home just with her family, things of that nature. She wasn't about to rush to the office and fix the IT so he can have access to the emails and everything like that, unless she's getting paid for it. So the boss uh, gives her a second call, a little bit more nicer this time saying, Hey, uh, we're gonna pay, we're actually gonna give you a pay boost, and we're gonna pay you extra for the hours. So, I think there's a little bit of a lesson to be learned in that story. Okay, and what, what do you, what do you feel like that lesson is? Like to me, it's like don't work for free. And also, it's like, hey, if uh, if you're only getting paid for forty hours, do forty hours. If they um, want you to work more than that, then they, they need to be aware, hey, we're going to have to start paying this person more or paying them what they're worth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they also ended up, uh, she, she negotiated saying, hey, we need work clothes. So they ended up doing what she she asked, just getting a little bit more respect. Right, exactly. So she said, I'm not going to do it unless you give me these work clothes that we require because we're not going to get in these machines and get down and dirty and in, in, in our suits and shit. 
we I need that pay raise. I need overtime. Like because people people don't understand like a lot of these companies. Like yes, it's a banking company, but obviously there's an IT uh, and a, a, a technical component to keep the servers up. So sometimes people had to work twenty four seven to keep the servers up and you gotta make know sure your nothing worth. is exactly and, and just making sure that things don't go down. So it's like. At the, at the end of the day, these people need to be compensated. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, too. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, man, it, it's just kind of crazy. And I'm, I'm glad that this story turned out in a good way. But I'm sure, like, it's a lot more. Because I'm even reading the articles. A lot of other people that's talking about, oh, you know, I got some type of similar story. Like, they didn't pay us enough. And, like, we was working overtime. Like, it's just messed up out here, man. That's how I be with them salary jobs. They don't, uh, there is no overtime, really. They need you to work more or you're gonna work a little less it's still the same pay at the end of the day mm -hmm. and if shit go down during the weekend and you lose data or you lose um functionality on the website it's, it's your fault but it's just like you're not paying me for that though you know what i mean i can understand if you straight out of college and it's like all right well i just want this experience um i'm just gonna take this job it's gonna be overtime but you know what i'm still gonna do what they need me to do i just want the experience but when you five plus years into this shit like pay me I need my overtime. Like that's that's yeah. that's the bottom line. And if your workers like telling you about concerns that relates to the job and their everyday situation, I don't see why they couldn't have a set of work clothes when they had to go do the work. Like it only makes sense. Why am I getting my these expensive suits that have to be here and all like messed up, like getting it dirty, um, getting it worn out? Like what? That, that's something that they should supply like yeah yeah it don't make sense to me and i'm just glad that i work at a company because i work in it as well and uh, i'm glad that we can you know wear jeans and hoodies every day even though i don't i'm not no i'm not the server guy where i gotta go and you know mess with wires and hard drives and ssds all day I'm, i don't do that but at the same time like it's, it's it's cozy because at the end of the day we're not customer facing you know what i mean we're business facing we face the other people in the company so I feel like all IT employees should be able to just dress to just dress down like whenever they want to. But that's just me. That's just me. I understand they're a sophisticated banking company. Like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's, sometimes it's the image. Yeah, it is. But it's just like, shit, I can still do the same work in sweatpants and a, and a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I'm on the computer <laughs> personally. But I understand that image. Like, yeah, like you want to look quote unquote professional. You know, I get it. But um. Yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, the moral of the story is, like, I'm not finna do shit for free. Like, that's not, that's just not how how it's gonna work, especially when I have to spend all my time here, you know? So, I don't know. It just speaks to, you know, these corporations and, like, how these motherfuckers just be treating us. And we didn't, we didn't talk about this so many times on here, but that's just what it is. Like, we, Yeah, it goes, uh, it's too often. Yeah. And people's stories need to be heard, and frustration so things can change mm-hmm mm -hmm. yeah and things things can change for the better you know they just gotta the upper level have to you know wanna because really the it makes shit run like right as much as people you know don't want to admit it or don't realize it like them servers need to be up that data need to be there the websites need to be up need to be able to hold traffic like yeah so ports. things can get done yeah, so like it's, that's you know one of the most useful things to me. But uh, yeah, in that same vein though, that's interesting that we're talking about this one first because I I also see this article about tech jobs being the hardest hit 
by layoffs last year, which is like, damn. Okay. I wonder why though, because I feel like the I feel like we live in a, a technological world, so it's, it's kind of crazy that a lot of technological people are losing their jobs. I don't know. Do you have any insight on like why that could be? We talked a little bit about this on uh, past podcast, where we said. All, we've seen all these companies start letting people off, and it'd be because they, they'll say inflation or um, it could be an impending recession. They also, I'm going to say in terms of Facebook, they put so much money, like Mark Zuckerberg, he had this idea of everything being meta, and, and then just the idea ended up losing the company a lot of money at this point. So they had to let people go for that. Um, we saw a bunch of com- like tech companies. They've been releasing people. Mm-hmm. Salesforce. Yeah. Salesforce. I, uh, I know Google, Tesla probably. Yeah, Amazon. Google. Yeah, Tesla. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah California has been hit very hard. I know a lot of uh, the workforce there moving all around the country right now. Which is interesting. You know what it is, though? Which is something that I started realizing well, at least for my, for where I've worked before, I remember them telling me like, so, so some companies just do this. They just overhire. You know what I mean? They they expect the influx of customers and things like that. So they overhire and they hire more than they need. Apparently that's what uh, Jack Dorsey said about Twitter. Yeah, exactly. So that's what they do. They overhire and it's just like, okay, so we need you now. We need you. Okay, let's get this work done. But then when things slow down, when the recession is impending and you know what I mean? The customers don't start coming as often. It's just like, okay, well, you can go, you can go, you can go, you can go. It's like, damn, that's kind of messed up. Like, I guess I understand because you want to be prepared for whatever workflow you're going to have. But at the same time, like, that's fucking with people's livelihood at the end of the day. Like, when they can't, when there's no more work to do, you're just going to let motherfuckers go. Like, that's kind of messed yeah. up. Yeah, especially when you think you got that job security. Are you a manager or... Or some position like that, or engineer, you you would think that you have security in your job. You would think. You would definitely think, but that's the first people to go. Sometimes that I heard is like middle management, like the people that like the supervisors and shit like that. That's the first people they'd be like, all right, well, you we don't really need you here anymore. So let's just go ahead and get get you out of here. And then they start getting the motherfuckers just late all the time. Get them out of here. And the people that got write ups, get them out of here. So it's like it's because their salary. They'd be like, oh, okay, we can get rid of these positions mm-hmm. and kind of put those two positions together into one, have this person do it. And, yeah, they'll try to switch it around um, and try to get some of the money back that way. They don't never really hit the top of the chain, the top top, the executive. No, nah, hell no. <laughs> no, nah, they go. Even though they got millions, like, every year, and they're the ones making a decision for what the company should be doing, you don't hear a lot of stories about them losing their position. It's always the management and like the lower level and workers and things of that nature that gets hit the hardest. Yeah, unless they fondling somebody or they, you know, what I'm saying, do some nasty shit in the bathroom. And drugs. that's messed up. That's yeah. messed up when that when stuff like that happens. It's like they're just doing their their job task and getting trying to get things done the best possible and doing what y'all requested them to do. And then all of a sudden now. It's, it's their fault that things are didn't go as planned. You know, the fucked up thing about that is, is that it can't be that many. Like, it's a bunch of workers. 
it's a bunch of workers. There's many more workers than higher upper management. Like it's only one CEO, one CTO, one executive VP. You know what I mean? Like they they got job security. Like they tenured at this point. So it's like damn. Yep. But, they, like but there's like a bu- there. there's a bunch of VPs and things of that nature. It's not just one. I mean, but yeah, they're like but VPs then, of like different departments. And then you have your directors yeah. of each department. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch, but then there's how many people under a VP? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's, hun- there's thousands, or hundreds, depending on the size of the company. But exactly. So it's just like, damn, like, and I feel like I, you know, with that being said, and knowing all these things, is like people should really strive to get to that, and like they should really strive to get up to those VP positions, or you know, somewhere where you feel like, okay, I, I can't. They really can't do nothing with me. Like I'm up here at this point, but like yeah, I said, there ain't a lot of only- Exactly. There's only so many, and those positions don't just pop open mm-hmm. like very frequently. Normally, see if I was in that position, I would, you know, I would try to stay in that motherfucker too. <laughs> it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then even if they do go, they can probably go be uh, maybe assistant vice president somewhere right quick, and then once he leave, be the VP now, and then you know. So it's like I, I don't know. Sometimes I ain't gonna say it's set up for people to fail or set up to. You know, kind of set up for back. like. I feel like me personally, what I think about it is, uh, it's all the network and the connections that people really like you, and kind of like how you grew up, the schools you went to, the people you were able to meet along the way. It's like a social thing. Like if you're like in constant communication with the the VPs and directors and things of that nature, always around them. I feel like it's more easier for them to see you and you you at the functions with them and you're talking to them. You're going to see them, their family. It's either for those people to end up rising up than someone else who may work in different departments all around. Let's go ahead and go into our next topic. I heard about this new industry that's been, been uh, getting talked about. It's called prop tech. And what PropTech is, it's uh, being marketed as surveillance tech, and it's a way to evict tenants and raise the rent. So some renters and things of that nature are signing these contracts where landlord have this kind of technology there. And it's a smart home technology, and it has these cameras that are able to see, is this tenant maybe trying to set up this apartment as an Airbnb because there's rules in there and the contract say you can't lease this out as an Airbnb, but some people still do it. Or they'll try to use it as a way to catch tenants who have too many people in their apartment, more than that what's listed on their lease as a way to evict them. Because there's laws in say New York City where they have these programs where they lock the rent. So the landlords can't raise the rent and they have to stay at a certain number. But if they find a way to evict it, then they can raise the rent. So that's why they're um, buying this technology up a lot in that area. It's it's this new technology. Not many people seem to have it, but it seems like it's growing into this uh, big billion uh, dollar industry. But it's a little bit of a morality to that. Like, do you really want to buy this technology trying to 
evict people and mess up people's credit and just so you can raise money and get and raise your profits? Hell yeah. Why not? I mean, I understand it from their standpoint. Like, of course, like from a land from a landlord standpoint, if I can prove like, oh, you so okay. I, say, say my tenant like they wanna they wanna rent control their shit, but then I can prove that the person that they that's gonna move in there after you is not actually a family member. It was never staying there. Oh, now it's not rent control, so now I can raise the rent again. You know what I mean? So it's like, of course, it makes sense from the landlord standpoint. You know yeah, I mean? but they have those laws there for a reason, um, because rents is just getting way too high. New York City seeing the biggest spike in rent. The average was rose up to like four thousand a month. Crazy. So they have to lock it and, and somehow and get keep people to stay there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So what you gonna do? I mean, I'm with you though. I, I I totally understand that, and I wish it wasn't like that. But if I'm looking at from their perspective, from their vantage point, like it makes a hundred percent sense to, like, okay, so we can get this technology that's going to help us raise our rents, and then now we can get more money. We can go ahead because I saw something in the article that was like, okay, we gonna make sure we gonna see what they doing. Oh, we can evict them, so now we can tear down their apartment, and we gonna make a double apartment, make a bigger apartment, and now we can rent it for even more for double that. So it's like it makes sense from a capitalistic standpoint of like these landlords trying to get money. Like they're not doing this shit for they're not landlords just because they want people to want to provide affordable housing. They want some money. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it should make sense. But more like in a moral standpoint, I don't know. Like what you mean by that? Like how do, how do you feel like this is morally wrong? Like when you specifically buying equipment to, just to kick people out. So you can make money. What, what? It's, it's like that messes up people's, like I said, their credit, um, their rental history. And hey, everyone's just trying to make it and, and find a way. And just because someone has like, hey, an extra person staying with them just so they can make it a little bit cheaper on them. Or people try to flip it in the Airbnb when they're not there, if they're not there all the time. Just the... Uh, keep the property or keep the keep their apartment when they're out of town on business or something like that i I don't see the problem with that but when the landlord just specifically just oh like what you're saying i'm i'm trying to get this tenant out of here so i can put two apartments together and just so i can double the price and and get even more money it just seems all it just sounds real greedy to me no it does no like 100 percent, it does thousand percent but um like i said from Nate's standpoint i'm trying to give you the other perspective of why they would do that yeah. shit. actually i'm reading here um it's saying that housing advocates and surveillance experts say the practice of adopting these surveillance technologies against renters is uh it's being disproportionately to black and Latina renters. They're being affected the most. Uh, they're disproportionately displaced by gentrification and overrepresented in eviction courts. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when you pair that with the fact that black and Latino people not paid as much as you know their white counterparts, is like damn. And you're trying to raise the rent again, like goddamn. You know, yeah, so. they're trying to get them out the area. Mm-hmm. And it, and it could be a, a bit of a race case there. Trying to gentrify the area, raise up the rents. Um, 
It could be. And just like trying to kick everyone out. Also, it says something about this. Uh, I think so. Just to provide a little bit more context, the um, I think the tool is called Teman, T E M A N or Teman. Um, and so also with it, something that it does, it can like almost detect like if somebody's thinking about moving out or just kind of detecting renters' habits. So it's like so you can be ready for like okay, they're about to move out. We're gonna uh, renovate and then we're gonna get some more money on this shit. So like it does more than just. You know, try to kick people out, I guess, you know, just to throw them some bail. But um, it does still sound like some nasty type shit is going on, to be honest. And and the fact that it it might dis, disproport, disproportionately, that's a long ass word, <laughs> um, affect black and brown people. Like, God damn, like, this is what they doing? You know, um, y'all better keep your eyes open, man, because there's a lot of shit that and niggas ain't even heard about this shit yet. You know what I mean? Like we just this article came out on January fourth of this year, so it's like niggas really ain't heard about this, but this shit probably been in place for years. You know? Yeah, so. I think it's gonna continue to grow. I feel like a lot of more uh, people are leasing out. They're gonna buy this, and I, I say the nasty thing that about it is these companies are marketing as, "Hey, we can get you more money, and we're gonna evict people out your property." Just to it, just to word it that way, instead of, hey, we can, the second way in what you just said, um, market it as, you can see the trend just so you can get get ready to move people in. Like I like that kind of technology, using it for that, but just using it just to evict someone, just it sounds wrong. Like and he 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 explicitly stated like we have evicted over six hundred stabilized tenants in the last two years. He said that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did say it's another point of it. Like, yeah, you can see the trends and shit, but it's just like, it seems like this is being pushed as like, all right, we're going to get these niggas out of here and then let's uh, move some some nice white people in here and then we're going to kick it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so buy this like, technology and we can get you more money. Mm-hmm. More money, a safer community, a more, you know, uh, a, a more, a community that people will want to live in versus like having those colors around. You know, I mean, I feel like we can look at everything through a racial lens, and it could be that way. And it's just like it could also just be a classism thing. It we don't be. want people who can't afford it in the, in this area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they don't. It's because it's not just always black and, and brown people. No, it's white people as well who can't afford that four thousand dollar price tag. There's a lot. So absolutely pushing people to the freaking Bronx or something. Or Queens. And then so I also saw something in here about the, the guy. So I, like I said, the thing is called Teman, T-E-M-A-N. Um, okay. And then, so the actual guy, um, that the his last name is Teman. So he was actually convicted of bank fraud in 2020 for uh, taking illegal withdrawals from clients. So the people that's actually paying wow. for it, he's stealing from them. Ain't that some shit? That's like he, crazy. You know, so it was like, damn. So like the the circle... You know, the cycle continues, you know, when it comes to this type of shit. So it was like they stealing from people, quote unquote, you know, trying to get that rent stabilization going. And then he like, all right, well, we're just going to keep taking these, you know, you would pay for our product, but I'm going to charge you over and over and over again. Like, so it's just like, God damn, like, is there is there anybody that's not, you know, 
that's not practicing, you know, some nasty type shit in their business. Like, I really want to see one. Like, McDonald's probably don't do it. Amazon don't do it. Like, I need to see one business that's thriving that's, like, actually on some, like, real, really for the people. You know, it's not many. I feel like, exactly. People always say if you want to see businesses that want to help people, look at nonprofits. Mm, Like, it's never... It's never not a nonprofit business where if you're nonprofit, then you should be all for the people. But if you're not, then you're just capitalistic and you're just trying to get the the biggest dollar possible. Instead of just like it can't be both. And I think there are there can be some companies like that. I don't know. What about Chick-fil-A? I mean, you know, niggas be on Chick-fil-A here because they like homophobic and shit. Like, they, I guess they don't like gays and lesbians. So, niggas been on their head for that for years. But they so, still get people? I guess. I mean, I don't know. Like, ask ask the gays and lesbians if they fuck. I mean, the chicken is good. Like, come on now. And then, I just you know, can't like, imagine, like, if gay people not going to Chick-fil-A. No, they really or be LGB- protesting. Or LGBTQ community, like. Yeah, it's just, it's just a whole LGBT thing, like. Yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think they fuck with it like that. But I mean, but that's one of them. That's an interesting company because it's very like Christian based. Like it's not like a whole lot of like big corporations. Just like really Christian. Like McDonald's don't care about your religion. Like Wendy's don't care about your religion. But for some reason, Chick Fil A is just on that. Like you know, we gonna say my pleasure. We gonna be nice to you at the door. We gonna do this. We gonna do that. We, if even own a Chick Fil A franchise, you gotta have like a certain moral code and a certain like, you had to be a certain type of person to even own them or like the area that it's in. So it's like, that's a that's a anomaly. But um, I don't think it's many man. Like these mom and pops, like that's why I fuck with mom and pop shops because they haven't got big enough yet to the point where it's like, all right, now we gotta fuck y'all out of all y'all money. You know what I mean? Or now we got to do some some fucked up business practices to get up and get over. So, and and the thing also with like nonprofits, I don't even a lot of people I feel like feel the same way I do, where you don't really trust them because it's always we give them money, we're donating, and then where is the money going? No one ever really knows. <laughs> right? We give all this money to World Hunger, Red Cross, and then they be having these scandals that come out. Uh, all the money was getting hoarded by the top and they were sending illegal wires to different accounts and things of that nature. Like it just, we want to actually, I feel like it should be more transparent. Like they should on their website, there should be exactly where the money's going, spreadsheets, things people can go and check it out. But oh, so they know this is my money going. Um, There should be, I want to hear from the people who live there. Like videos and things like that, be like, hey, we, they coming in, like everything's good. Because I hate when the story came out specifically with Elon Musk and he put out a tweet talking about world hunger is blah, 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 this dollar amount. And every media outlet and everybody got on his head saying, okay, why don't you just pay it then? What are we donating all this money all these years, like to these nonprofits? Y'all should be giving the money to the people who need the food. Like, that's what we donating it to. And you're asking one man to do that? Right. I mean, Elon could contribute. He sure could. But he don't got to give the whole thing. 
like you said, we've been paying. I mean, I don't, I don't never donate to shit to be honest. But yeah, y'all do be donating to these shits, and then they don't be doing what the fuck they say they're gonna do. I don't so trust like, them. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't never trust it. Even like Red Cross and like you know when like a, a natural disaster happens, like something like the hurricane or you know in Haiti or some shit. Like I need to know how to get the money directly to the people so it can really actually help them. Like even in the Flint water crisis, like I need to, I need to know how to get water to them specifically yeah. to the people that need it i'm not gonna just play no blind you know what i mean pay no blind money and not, and not know where the fuck is going so transparency is key for sure and i feel like you can see that more on the local level mm-hmm. when they were going around with the trucks and during the flint crisis and they had trucks filled up with water and going out there and passing it out to people um what else? Or Lola, when they were talking about the, the drives and stuff like that, uh, that they had an event and they were giving toy and toy drives and things of that nature. Like investing into those type of community things, I like doing that. For sure. Like, yeah, there was a toy drive. Like, I gave, some, I gave a few toys because I know that's going to go to somebody. No, for sure. And it's kind of like when people talk about like uh, like politics, like, oh, you know, we should care about our local politics and we should care about, you know, what's going on with our city judges and our city police, like sheriffs and, you know, the, the city clerks and all that type of shit. Like, that's kind of the same thing with donating. Like, if you can find some local shit where you can get your money to, where you know what's going to go in their pockets, like, yeah. Because I don't worked at a nonprofit before and... Yeah, you say like, oh, okay, yeah, it's supposed to really help the community, which they did, but there was also allegations of of child predators at that same company. There was also allegations of money being taken and, and mis misused for you know personal experiences at that company, a nonprofit. So like, yeah, man, it's just I don't know, I don't know. You know what the thing is though? It's fucked up. It is, but you know what the thing is? Like, why do I wonder if, like, when they start off, like, is it is it good intentions? Like, when they start off, like these nonprofits and these and these charities, like, maybe they do have good intentions, but they get to a level where they start feeling themselves too much, and it's like, all right, well, shit, I got all this money, I can just go ahead and give me a little Bentley right quick, or like, what is it? Like, or is people just evil? I don't know. I feel like once they get from that small level to bigger level. They start getting the bigger building. They start hiring more people. Um, and the idea of that should be a great thing. But then it becomes a little bit bigger than a social level where everyone's, you want all these people coming just to volunteer and help the people in the community. Now you got like a business side that's bringing all the money in and making sure they create these positions pretty much in the offices and like they'd be like, oh, we got to look at this department, this area, and we have people. Now, like, now we got to now we got to give a salary to some people. We got to make these roles. We got to make these positions. Now it's not just a local level where a few people, like a group, and we're just like all coming together in the community just helping right. people out. It ain't no volunteer shit no more. Nah, now it's like, all right, we got to budget this. We got to follow laws. We got to make sure we're doing this and that. Uh, we got this property we got to we gotta pay for. We also got to be profitable. Like, we all want to... Then it becomes more capitalistic, in my in my opinion. That's, exactly. that's like, the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, they can still help. Because, like, the company I worked at, they still helped. But I feel like once you hurt, 
the helping don't really matter at that point. Like all the helping that you did, it kind of go out the window. Like we we not we not finna do that, you know. Um. So yeah, man, it's just you know. And people get the big head too. They'd be like, all right, now we take we about to start taking first class flights. We we, we yeah. need to get over here to help people. Oh, we need to stay here. Mm-hmm. Like five star shit, room service. Like, yeah. All on the company dime. So it's like I don't know. Man. Exactly. Me and my family need a new house. Right, exactly. But it'd be like, this should be making me think, like, damn, am I just, like, what would happen if I was in their shoes? Like, would I do the same thing? Like, like the I, Black Lives Matter lady. All of a sudden, they shit. went from a little little hashtag, a little community thing, to, oh, now we now she got a bunch of properties and flipping them. It's like. Hey. But that's what I'm saying. Like, would you do the same thing? Like, niggas, niggas, like, right now, we can sit here and be like, nah, man, that shit fucked up. That shit wrong. But let niggas have that power and see what the fuck we'll do. Like, I don't know. I might, I'm, I ain't gonna lie. I might misappropriate some funds. I ain't even gonna hold niggas up. Like, pastors? Pastors be doing it. Some pastors be doing it for sure. Yeah. Like, you, you saw the one who got robbed. He came out uh, mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. stories. They locked him up. Because they turns out, yeah, he was on some grimy stuff with the money. Uh, he was doing things he wasn't supposed to do. He was lying to people, saying, oh, if you give me this money, I can help you out with this business. And what you're trying to do, I can talk to him and get you some money and flip it. He was just sitting there lying and coming to church every Sunday talking about Christ with a, uh, with chains and, and, and a uh, Mercedes Benz, like right outside. Ferragamo loafers on, like. All kind of yeah. shit. You know, it's just fucked up, bro. God is on the way. Like, it, it's unbelievable. Like, it's just it's just nasty when you start to look at some of these nonprofits. I think there should be documentaries on that. No, it should be, for sure. It should be. Um, I actually watched one. I, what was it called? Uh, it was about the Liberty University, like the president, which is a, like a religious university. Um, it's not a nonprofit, but it's still like in that vein of like we here for, you know, moral... This is a moral standing, like we have a moral standing, we ethical and all that type of shit. And he was doing some nasty shit, that guy. So, um, but yeah, man, I don't, I don't know, man. Shit, like I just want to somebody, please show me if you're listening right now. Please show me a company that's like big and really doing their shit that they really here for the people. You know, shit. I'll, I'll even uh, I'll volunteer and help out. Yeah, we can, uh, sure. we can, y'all can y'all can fly me out like how y'all get me be flying around to all these places. Yeah, yeah. Like make sure you put me on a private jet. I make sure I go help out. <laughs> right. <And> I, <laughs> I want to help out how you help out. I'm gonna help on the style. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, that's real. That's real. And like, yeah, man. Shit, let us know. Put us on, man. We trying to get this um this nonprofit money too for sure. Uh. But no, I do, like, all jokes aside, I do love volunteering. I do think it's super dope. Like, not even on some just, like, oh, photo op type shit, but, like, it's dope. Like, especially when it's people that, that that's in need, like. That, you don't take pictures dope. when you have a people out? No, because for what, though? What I'm, what I'm taking a picture for? Why not? Like, this is the show that you were there. But that's not what it's about, though. You know what I mean? It's, it's about really helping people that need that shit because. So if I take this picture, they're not getting help. No, no, no. I'm not saying that, but people, but you gotta, you gotta understand the ulterior motives of like selfie. Here I am helping the poor people. Yeah. You know, what I, I need, mean? To, I need to put this on LinkedIn. I need to get this popping. Exactly. You know, but <laughs> that's just all for appearances. Just go do that shit and shut up. Like, be silent about the shit that you do. You know, but that's just me. 
I could be wrong, but that's just how I would kick it, you know. But all in all, I don't even how, how do we get here? Elka, we was talking about the um the fucked up uh landlord shit. But yeah, that that's some fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. Must go and get to the love and hate. Yeah, we can get into it. So yeah, you, as you if you've listened before, you would know, you know, we got this love and hate segment when we talk about three songs. Um, do we yes, love sir. it? Do we hate it? Bottom line. So let's go ahead and get into it. I'll start it off this week and we can talk about your first song, which is uh, let's talk about Gossip by Sababy. Love or hate? So this is off of uh, Sababy new album, Leak Out. I think we talked a little bit about this uh, recently, this album and him coming out with a project. And this was one of the, the tracks that I randomly chose and it wasn't bad. I liked it. Um, had a good little hook. It was a good bop. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna go with love on this on this track. I only heard it. I'm, I'm gonna be uh, real and say I only heard it one time. So, okay. but off of first listen, I'm, I will turn it on again. So I'm gonna go with love at this point. Do you feel like it sound better than his old shit? Worse, or do you feel like it just kind of like? Now this track actually sounds similar to like his old shit, and I like his old shit. Um, yeah, but I, I like this track, Gossip. Okay, okay. Um, so let me go ahead and go to your first track here. So the first song we got here is WSTRN by Wonder Woman. No, it's actually Wonder Woman by Western. I think that's how they pronounce it. Oh, Wonder Woman's the name of the song. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, this... I mean, I just been on like just some try some new discovery type shit. So this is like a group from London. Um, it's like on some Afro beats, some pop Afro beats type shit. So it, it was some cool shit. Um, this is my first time hearing of these folks. Um, so like an R and B group. Um, it was cool though. Like I'm not no if you know me, I'm not no real big pop music. Like when people make songs and it, and it's trying to be like a hit or just trying to be so super perfect and. All that type of shit. I'm not really super into that, but this is really I feel like good. Like when it's a different culture, it's a little different, though. No, you're right. It definitely is because this is still like not. It's still not like Britney Spears or like Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran type shit, like that type of pop. But it's just like I've heard this sound of song before. You know what I mean? You know, with the Bad Bunnies and the, you know all these new people doing kind of like like even Justin Bieber did like Afro beats type shit. You know what I mean? So like it's kind of in that same same type of vibe. But this one is good though. I'm supporting it because you know I, I I've been wanting to get into more like London type shit and then like you know actually Nigerian Ghana artists and type shit like that. So I fuck with this one. Um. So yeah, check out this album. They got actually dropped a whole album called Western Season Three uh, last why year. Was, so. Why was everyone in Ghana? Yeah, I don't know. I was just listening to to um, Brilliant Idiot Charlemagne, uh, Andrew Schultz podcast, and Charlemagne was there. And I guess they had like a bunch of festivals around this time, like music festivals. Like I think Chance the Rapper had one. Um, yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of people just over there, just you know, kicking it for the for the New Year. You know, which is super dope. It actually inspires me to want to go. But um, with that being it's like, said, do, do they all have it just like on a calendar when? They all the celebrities should just go to this place or something. I don't know. I just think that I don't know if maybe they got invited or if they knew these festivals was because they have like yearly festivals. Like Afro Nation was one of them. Like they have them. So I guess maybe people just saw that they was having the shit and they was like, all right, well, we'll pull up. We'll we'll go over here to Ghana. 
Um, but they had ran down on Meek. That shit looked crazy. Where flex, but okay. Yeah. Wait, what? Going to Africa? Going to Ghana? Be like just seeing people in Ghana. Be like, let's pull up. Yeah, it is a lot. Like, uh, how, let me see how much a plane ticket to Ghana would be. To Accra, to Accra, Ghana. Um, but yeah, man, I think that this show, this um, this song was pretty dope. It made me want to go to Ghana, though. I can't lie. No, for sure. It looked real like poor. But All it looked right. like it was a lot of culture. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. You Talking about your ancestors like that, man. <laughs> All right. Let me uh let's get into the next joke. No, nah, I'll take that back. That was his joke. No, no, no. You know how to say it now. So let's talk about All jokes. Armed and Dangerous by Rome. I love Street. Ghana. I'm, a, I'm a, I love the people. No, for sure. Um Armed and Dangerous by Rome Streets featuring Armani Caesar. Love or hate. This was uh, off of one of the, my like top albums. It was in my honorary albums. Yeah, and it's on pretty much constant repeat since the end of last year when I when I first heard it. Uh, by Rome Streets, uh, Griselda Camp, and Armani Caesar, who's also on the Griselda Camp, and the, just the grimy, uh, soulful beat that Westside Gun is known to produce. I don't know if he even produced this track. Or it could have been uh, who is it? Conduct. It could have been him, Alchemist, one of them. Yeah, but it, this this song in particular, them two meshing back and forth, it just gave me that kind of reminiscent feel, still new um, sound. I, I love the track. He was on there talking about love is just a four letter word, like fuck. Well, what the fuck is love with no trust? Like that shit, mm. that shit was hard as fuck to me. Like that hook was crazy. Um, that's, that's, so, that's a bar. That's a bar. Love is uh, I love that track for sure. L O V E. Okay, okay, super dope. Let me see who produced that joint. Um, Green Latin actually. Okay, DJ Green Latin. Hard, which is a legendary uh, DJ out here. So okay, super dope, super dope. All right, so this next uh, track I got. From you, looks like you're still on across the seas with this one, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Dole Asaki. Yeah, I want I don't know how to pronounce his name because the funny thing is a lot of people don't say their names in songs. So if you just hear somebody's song, like you don't know how to pronounce it. So yeah, I think I don't know if it's Asake, Asake, something like that. But um, another Nigerian artist. Um, and yeah, this one was dope too. So like what I like I said last week, I just been choosing like the first song of the album. So this one was more like an intro type thing, and it reminded me of like um Jazzy Bell by Outcast. I don't know if you remember that song where it's like it's like the choir singing in the beginning, or even what's that song that Lil Wayne um Pussy Pussy Money Weed. Yeah, Pussy Money Weed. That same sample. So it kind of reminded me like the singing reminded me of that. But now nah, he, he's super dope. Um, like we said before, we don't really be understanding what the fuck these niggas be talking about. But this shit hard though. Like it's a vibe. So I'm gonna say love on this one too. It might yeah. be all loves for me this week. I ain't gonna lie. Like uh, I was went back and I started listening to that Bad Bunny. Again, I know I said I don't know what the hell he's saying, but that shit just sound hard. Like it sound even more hard when I like keep listening back to. It. I'm like, this shit go is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the the instruments, the cadences, like 
and then it'd be like the inflection because like we don't know what they saying but based on like how they saying it it's like okay i understand like what feeling you're trying to give off by when you yeah say it's it. like i know that bad bunny is giving out bars like his flows and like the way he says words and it just sounds like he is all right so what we got the last track i oh, know i got to get into your um your next one no your, your last one so let's talk about this one and i so yeah, I was kind of curious when you was gonna actually listen to this. I don't know if you heard the whole album, but so let's talk about uh, your last song, which is "Do Better" by Ab Soul. Love or hate? Uh, this track is off of Herbert, which is Ab Soul's new album. I haven't heard the entire thing yet. I've only listened to maybe the first three or four songs, um, and I believe this was what track. Oh, actually, this is track seven. So I got through more of it than I thought. I got through probably eight, eight songs. So a little less than half. Yeah, and this was the single too. Yeah, and I saw the video for this, by the way. So um, I really liked the track. I thought Do Better. I, I love the hook. I love the video that you have for it. Um, I love the sound. It's definitely not on... His old kind of music, what he was going for. This music sound a lot more updated, um, better sound, beats, selection. It gives me a little bit of like a, I, I'm a real big fan of Farside. And I kind of get that kind of feel and sound like nostalgia when I hear it. Um, so, and, and what's the other very popular black group? out there uh de la soul i don't know what de la soul might be from new jersey but okay okay i don't know where they're from to be honest <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know either i don't know why but i just get like california feel i guess from but um yeah like i get like that kind of hip-hop vibe listening uh to this do better track uh which i which i, I love that kind of sound um i, I love uh the, the premise behind the song saying I know I could do better it's very like uplifting when I when I when I heard it it's like man I, I really felt like I can like I, I want to do better and like I felt the tracks and the bars like yeah I'm like like it's an uplifting song no for sure like we like we're gonna do all right like I kind of get the same feel like mm. from Kendrick like with this kind of like do better like just uplifting it's not of course not as a big as song as all right but Depending on the on the setting, and it could be a big uh, track if he was to say do this at a a BET award show or or something like that. Like, I feel like people will rock with it. I could see that, and especially like when him talking about his experience and how dark that is, like jumping off of a freeway overpass and then like you come make this or suicide thing like. Or logic and things of that nature, and like yeah, exactly. It's one of the. It's, it's along that same vein to me. Yeah, and um, it's interesting because, I mean, even listen to him interviewing after you know him trying to commit suicide and like talking about it. It, it seemed like it was just he a did, lapse in judgment. Oh, is that true? I, I I guess I didn't even. What that he tried to try to kill himself? Yeah. Yeah. That is, what song was that? Do better. What do you think the video was about? I don't know. Okay. I, like I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> like I haven't uh, been up on Absol in, in years. This, it took him six years to drop this album. Yeah, so a minute. 
Like, I had no idea what Absol was up to. And to be real, I didn't care. I, I, I was like, it is what it is. I ain't listened to it when it first came out, but I mean. Yeah, but. um, But yeah, I mean, that's still sad to hear, though. I mean, damn. When, when this happened? This, this was after? You're going to have to watch it yourself, bro. I'm not going to just break it down. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I'm, I'm like, the time was this like during TDE or this was like. This happened probably, I don't know. Like, you got to ask him. I don't know when it happened. It had to be like maybe a year or two ago. It was an interview you said you did? Or? Yeah, he did an interview with Charlemagne when he talked about it. Um, and yeah, it just seemed like it was just like, he said he never he never had them thoughts. And it just kind of happened. Like he was high and it just kind of just, that's that's where it took him. So I think I saw he was also on Joe Button. Oh, was he? Okay, okay. I, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I haven't been like up on Abso, but. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, is it worth uh, like hearing the story? Is it? I mean, it's up to you. Shit, I did just you, did you I, did I, you I just, feel away from it? No, was feel away in like in a good way or a bad way? Did you take anything away from it? Like, not really. I mean, it just it just kind of showed me that this nigga really just is a positive person for the most part, and it was just some some bullshit that his brain just did. You know what I mean? It seemed like he wasn't even really on that type of time, like on some sad shit. So it don't seem like he that type of guy. So I don't, I don't know what kind of happened that night when that happened, but you know, it just it just is what it is, man. So he's still here with us, you know, dropping the album. So that's an interesting takeaway, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. So so what you say on this one, love or hate? I I love the track. Yeah, I mean, it's a good track. Um, okay, okay. I mean, absolutely keep your head up. No, for sure. All right, so let me go ahead and get this to this last track here. One call away. Tommy Agape. Yeah, once again, I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. I think it might be Tommy Agape. I think I think a dude said her name in the song, like Tommy, I believe. Another Nigerian artist, but she's from London. Um, so this one, you know, I tried to get because you know I just tried to you know switch the swag up. Let me listen to a female, a woman artist. You know what I mean? So this one was dope too. Like it was also just an intro track, and maybe I should start doing like the last song because the the first song usually just an intro. But this one, I mean, it was pretty simple. She was just talking about I'm one call away, like if you need me. Um, she got a dope voice. It's like kind of like a, I can't even really explain it, but it's not like super high or super low. It's just kind of middle of the road, very smooth, silky, like super dope. Um, yeah, man, I, I love this one too, man. So all these artists that we talk about, check all of them out. You know what I mean? If you need some new shit to bump in the whip, you know what I mean? Because... I think, I mean, I think we listen to some good shit. I don't know how you feel. I know you feel that you listen to some some top tier shit. So if we think that, then you'll probably think that shit too. So check them out. Um, yeah, I don't listen to no trash. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, all right, let's go ahead and get into these highlights and then we can, uh, you know, wrap this one up for today. So what you got for us? Uh, so my highlight today is going to be House of Dragon. And I mean, this show was a little bit, before the new year. I don't know when it came out, but I know it came in 2022. Um, very good show. Spinoff from Game of Thrones. Right on HBO Max if you want to go check it out. I think it's about 10 episodes. And if you was a fan of the Game of Thrones, which I wasn't, that's not really a big deal. Um, because you, I still like ended up liking this show. And it makes me kind of want to go back and watch the Game of Thrones now. Um, but I, I didn't feel like I had to watch Game of Thrones to understand what's going on on this show. So I liked it. 
And uh, so make sure you go check that out. House of the Dragon. I think it's before Game of Thrones, ain't it? Like, ain't the, it's like a prequel, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I thought it was afterwards. I have no idea. I, see, that's why I, like, I don't. I didn't watch the Game of Thrones. I, I don't care either. That shit always been whack to me. But I mean, I heard good things about House of Dragons. Like, so maybe I'll check it out. But um, you folks definitely check it out because I know many people love that shit. Like, uh, yeah, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, that's their shit. So um, yeah, so let me uh go ahead and highlight this podcast that I came across recently. So it's like two NFL vets, Darren Bates and Jalen Collins. It's called Raw Room. So. I ain't even gonna hold y'all up. I just been watching clips, but the clips that I see be funny as hell. So like, um, I definitely fuck with this shit. Um, and I might have to watch this whole episode because I seen they had an episode with Nav Green, which is one of my favorite, like you know, newer. He not new, but a lot of people don't know about him yet. Um, Nav Green is one of the dope comedians out here. Um, doing this thing on Eighty Five South on the stage. He was in fucking, um, what was what movie he? Oh, Coming to America, that second one. Like so. Um, I had to watch that full episode, but so check out Raw Room on YouTube. It's a podcast, NFL Vets. Shit oh, like also, one thing, you were talking about podcasts and things like that. I saw this shit that was fucking hilarious, and it, it's Keith Murray. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've been seeing all these clips, and I mean, I gotta see this entire interview. He is talking about, it, Keith Murray is a, he's a rapper um, from New York. Yeah. And he was talking about Shauna, uh, Superhead, and like just how like graphic and his stories. Like, this guy has to be a comedian as well, because like, those these, those clips had me dying laughing. You, you seen them? No, I seen a like I seen like screen grabs of it, but no, I haven't seen it yet. I don't really care what Keith Murray has to say in twenty twenty three, but if you say it's funny, I might have to check this shit out. Like I, I don't even know what songs he came out with, um, but yeah, I just be seeing these clips surface. I'm just like, man, this guy's a comedian. Okay, so this, so I'm looking it up on YouTube. The first thing I say, the first title I see is, "I ate female rapper Shauna Pussy in Miami." Ludacris, <laughs> Ludacris wanted me not to get involved with her. Nigga, what yeah, his, the fuck? <laughs> his description of like how he ate the pussy was wild. What? <laughs> <laughs> And he was talking super head, like how he got hit. And he was like, how they, he felt like they was both flying. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, <laughs> shit, that, that, that shit was hilarious. Man. I'm like, man, I, I got to watch this shit. But we were talking about, you were just talking about podcasts and that, that shit popped up in my head. Yeah, he is on like a, a, a YouTube podcast. So let's, let's close it out here though. That's not weird to you. Like, that's not weird that niggas just getting on there talking about what they did. And that's just not some shit I would ever do, man. Like. I feel like there's so many relationship podcasts and everyone, like literally every podcast is pretty much relationship. Like who you fuck, who you want to fuck, what, what kind of position you like, what like what's your horoscope. Like it's all related to some sexual relationship shit. So it doesn't surprise me that that is a popular thing. That's like what the, the blogs want anyway. So That is true because even that Ashanti and Irv Gotti, that shit been popping for some months. They talking about, oh, did they, did they, did they do this, did they do that? Like, man. Yeah, I, I mean, we we try to stay away from that for the most part. Well, at least when I when I try to come up with topics, I try to stray away from the relationship shit. 
Yeah, everybody doing that shit, but I don't like. I I I just personally would never like put myself out there. Any any of the women that I slept with out there like that, where it's like, oh man, this is what we did, and and name them. <laughs> like this nigga really naming Shauna like by name. Like that's crazy. To I, me. See, the thing is, to me, I'm not. I don't think it's a real big deal for Superhead, but to name Shauna. Yeah, Shauna wasn't asking for that. But like, she, she was just minding <laughs> her business somewhere, probably with her kids, yeah. like in breakfast. And then looked online, like everybody just texting her. Yeah, like, come on. Come on, Keith, man. Like, yeah. Keith Murray just talking about how he gave her head. And she's just like, what? <laughs> like, that, that shit was just funny as fuck to me. Like, his face and his expressions and, like, how he explained that, like, he wasn't, like, he loved it. But he'd been waiting like, for this shit. He'd been waiting for a platform. Like, uh, man. Enjoying this. Like, so he, he, you could tell he'd been telling this story for years. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch that shit for sure, man. That's crazy. But, um, but yeah, I, I like that he having a good time though. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the point of the podcast. Like he's supposed to have fun. No, for sure. So 100%. I don't think I don't think she would think that's like that big of a deal. Like it's him, it's his experience of just him joking around. It it wasn't to me, it didn't seem like it, it wasn't disrespectful in any way. It was just like, hey, unless you try to keep the nigga a secret, like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, but was, like, if, depending on how it's back in the day. Like, yeah, it was, but like that detail, like that's crazy. Like, You're talking about nineties in the nineties and shit. So it's like, who, who really cares at this point? And also, why are you still telling stories about the nineties? But I'm, a, I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that, man. Why niggas still remaking movies and series from the nineties? That's a good question too. I mean, in sales, you know. Uh, what? Well, we got the new house party that's coming out. Yep, I did see that. Yeah, that new house party dropping for some reason. I'm, um, I'm about to watch that shit. Why? Uh, I mean, I think who, DC Young flying that shit, and I love the old house parties though. Like, so I don't know. I think it should be good. Let's let's end this before I say yeah. some blasphemous. <laughs> I'm not. I disagree. But okay, let's 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 get on out of here, man. Thank you for listening. If you got this far, man, this has been the Friends Podcast, man. Thank you yes, so much. Sir. We out. Peace.